Um, let's start right out today um, in God's Word. So if you would, please open to uh, John um, 15, 5 through 8. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your son. Lord, I ask that your word um, unveils your truth, Lord. I ask that you unveil your truth in this, uh, in this world along with your word, Father, to the people. I ask that you open up hearts, Lord. I ask that you open up minds to receive your word. Father, I thank you for your son. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for this opportunity to share with you guys today. Um, the Lord has impressed some things on my heart, so I, I'm excited about it. Um, July 2nd, 1937, Amelia Earhart was going to set out on a flight around the world, a famous flight around the world. The preparation had all been taken care of. It was absolutely complete. Her team, you might say, had crossed their T's and dotted their I's. They had a plan, and she had a co-pilot that was the perfect co-pilot. She went through a list of people, and she had, the prep was done. But as her plane um, and her and her co-pilot got off the ground, in the first few miles, the connection to the ground transportation was disrupted. And it was broken up at best. It was very misunderstood. But before the flight, you see, the receiving antenna must have broke off somehow or been damaged in some way. And she tried to find her first landing zone for her very first stop. And suddenly things went completely silent with all communication to the ground support. And now, for 84 years, people have been looking for her. So how important, you may ask, is a strong connection? Sometimes a strong connection is the difference between landing a plane or disappearing. Sometimes being connected is a matter of life or death. Like, for instance, with the human body, right? the spinal cord in our backs. You've heard of people getting paralyzed. You've heard of people dying from an accident just because their spinal cord got broke. So that one little mishap in that connection through your body could be life or death. Just before Jesus went to the cross, he needed to tell his disciples one more thing. I am the vine, you are the branches. In the King James Version, it says this. It says, abide in me and I in you. Let's look at the word abide for just a minute. It means this. It means to remain, continue, to dwell. And there's a couple of synonyms for abide. Endure, suffer, and to tolerate. So abide is not this passive word that lets us off the hook. Abide is an action word. Abiding takes consistency and work to stay in Jesus. 
And I think in this world, we strive for so many things, right? We strive for approval. We strive for this great promotion at work. We strive for perfection. If you're a parent, we strive to be the absolute perfect parent. We strive to make more money maybe next year because things will get better. We strive to put a little bit extra money into our 401k this year. We strive to do everything to perfection. We also wonder often how, where, when we're going to fit in in this world and in this plan. Jesus says you need to strive to stay connected to him. It's simple. Striving is enduring, remember, it's an action. We need to put forth some effort to remain in Jesus. You wouldn't argue with me when I say that we live in a fast-paced world that is busier than ever before. Technology is at an all-time high and continuously getting better. There's a group or there's something online for not only every day, but every hour of every day, you can take up your time by getting online and getting in this group or some self-help place or anything you want. We can check our email. We can create a Google Doc. We can create a Google Sheet. We can do everything from our fingertips with our phone. I even find myself saying to my kids often, I look at them and I say, well, just Google it. Quit asking me a question, just Google it. Anything and everything is at our fingertips. We are all busy. Everyone in this room is busy. But with all this connection to Google and never-ending information, right, our teenagers are experiencing depression. It has raised 59% between 2007 and 2017. Suicide is the second leading cause of death in ages 15 to 24. 2020 is no different. Google it, check it out. There's not one link that pops up, not one link that pops up that is anything positive that suicide is decreasing. It is on the rise, and like I said, 2020 is no different. We're continuously going that way. With a world full of cell service, in connection, we are losing connection with people at an alarming rate. I remember my 70-year-old friend teaching me how to use the sun for a compass. I remember him teaching me the best place to bear hunt was to take a walk, find out where the food source meant the water source, because that's probably where the animals are going to be. I also remember my dad teaching me how to change a starter on my 87 Chevy pickup. I remember my grandma teaching me how to calm people down in our home when they got aggressive or they were upset. I also remember her trying to teach me how to cook the perfect over easy egg. And that I failed at. <laughs> I remember my uncle teaching me how to fish and any tricks that he may have to give us an advantage so that we could catch more. How about you? Do you have memories of your grandma? your dad, your aunts, uncles, maybe a friend that had taught you something. This type of interaction is at an all-time low. The actual person teaching someone things is at an all-time low, and the suicide rate is at an all-time high. So yes, what can we do to stay connected? First of all, because we've already talked about how busy we all are, right? I want to tell you, too, that no one's got a patent on being busy. We're all busy. 
There's 24 hours in a day. So what are you making a priority? I'm going to give you permission to this year. You do not have to meet with the Jelly of the Month Club. You don't have to go to that meeting. <laughs> Let's talk about the church. We are blessed enough to live in a place where we are still all free to fellowship, to worship, and to meet together. Hang on, let's say that again. We are blessed enough to live in a place where we're still free to fellowship. That's got people. We're free to worship with people. We're free to meet together. Ephesians 5, 31 through 32, as the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Hebrews 10.25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing and meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Acts 2.44, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. Acts 2.46 they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Acts 20, 28. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd, God, feed and shepherd God's flock, in his church, which was purchased with his own blood. Ephesians 5, 25. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church because he gave up his life for her. You see, people, this hour and a half that you come to on Sunday morning is not just, it, it, it will change your life if you get consistent with going to church. My family and I started coming to church here like a year and a half ago. And when I first started coming here, I was completely disconnected from the Lord or disconnected from the vine, however you want to say it. I didn't want to go to church. I had had enough of church. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to do anything. And I had went through pastor school, right? So you're not pastoral school. So you're not exempt from this feeling, okay? But I'd been in this situation once before as I first got married. I, d I was going to church and I was just simply going through the motions and my wife was just dragging me along. And what I learned and what I realized was that I was disconnected from the, brand, from the vine, but I also knew that I had to fake it until I made it. You sometimes in life have to fake it until you make it. He tells us all we need to do is stay connected to the vine, to him. It's simple, you see. This branch... In this jar right here, this branch is in trouble. And this is where I was when I first came to church here a year and a half ago, okay? This branch is not going to survive because it's no longer connected to the vine. But guys, he also says in his word that when you stay connected to the vine, that you have no worries, you have no concern because he's taking care of your problems if you stay connected to the vine. This branch is not going to make it. The water is not going to help it. 
What we need to do, people, is we need to go to church. His word is very clear. The church is not just something that we can take lightly. The consistency is going to matter. Like I told you before, it will change your life to be consistent. And if you have to fake it until you make it, come talk to me because I've been there. But get consistent. Your kids need it. You need it. Everyone needs it. And this world needs it. And we're still free to do it like I talked about before. So let's not give that up. We need to go to church. We need to pray during the week. We need to go back to church on Sunday. We need to go back home and we need to pray some more. And we need to ask Jesus into our heart, even though we might not even mean the words. The fake it till you make it matters, people. We don't want to get left without Jesus, I'm telling you. He's the savior of the world. Fake it for a little bit if you have to. I'm going to take it just a step further and we all talk about prayer. The church all talks about prayer, right? But how many have ever thought about just hanging out with Jesus. Just hang out with him. You know what? I know Jesus is supposed to love each and every one of you, but does he like you? I want Jesus to like me. And how do you like someone? You stay connected to him. I'm going to learn to like anybody. If me and you were single and we were going on a trip together and it was just the two of us, by the end of the trip, we'd like each other. There'd be things we didn't like, but mostly we'd like each other. Stay connected. I learned during the process of faking it and just going through the motions and being consistent, I knew that that had to make a difference because I was broken. I had no other place to go. And I first started coming here because God laid Water's Edge Church on my mind and in my heart one morning. It was during the week. I didn't know what to do. I was, like I told you before, I was never been that broken in my entire life. Now, I lost twin sons. They were only a day old when I lost them. And I remember during that time that I was coming to church here, I remember looking at my, life, my wife one Sunday, and I was so disgusted with church. I was so disgusted with people that I looked at my wife, and I said, this hurts worse than losing our sons. I understand hurt, guys, but you need Jesus. It's the only, it was the only thing that made me get through it. It was the only thing was the consistency with continuously coming here. And I realized also that there's absolutely nothing good that comes from me that isn't of Jesus. Because I was miserable that time when I was disconnected. I was miserable. Don't be miserable. You don't have to be miserable. Yesterday, um, there was a group from church here that got together uh, Eli and Rob and his wife, Lynn, and their son, Adam. And, and we went and um, we cut a couple trees, a simple task, right? We cut a couple trees for Nancy from church here. She's great, by the way. <laughs> but um, during that process, uh, the Lord revealed something to me, and I, I got to share with my boys when we left. And I have not been that fulfilled in probably two years. Because here's the deal, guys. When you get connected to a church and you start helping people that need help, the Lord blesses the helpers more than the people that needed help. The Lord filled me up because of us helping. And that's what he'll also do to you. If you guys help people, if you get connected and you do something for someone else, you will be blessed at a way greater level than the person that ever needed help. So as I left there, I looked at my boys and Let's go back to the the scripture, right? What does he say? He says, if you remain in me 
and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So as I'm staring at my two twin-year-old boys that just got done going, they were a little reluctant the night before when I asked. I told them what we were going to do, and they, they know how dad is. Like, they, they don't have a choice. They're going to do it anyways. <laughs> but the, we're teaching them, right? Well, um, they were happy. They were smiling. They were having a good time. And as I looked at them, I thought about that part of that scripture, right? Let's go to prayer. And I looked at the boys, and I said, guys, how do you feel? We talked about it, how it felt so good to help somebody. The Lord filled us up. I talked about that, but then I looked at him and I had a one-line prayer, and I said, I ask for God's favor on your life. Guys, and I ask for God's favor on your life, because if we could ask for anything, what would you ask for if you could ask for anything in the entire world? It's asking for God's favor. So if you only stay in him to remain in him, to simply ask for his favor, what more could you ever ask for in, your, in the entire world? The boys looked at me like, Dad, you're going to keep talking or not? Because I'm usually not short of words, but God, just give them your favor. Give them your favor the rest of your life. We need each other, guys. The church needs one another. We can't, we can't die during this. We can't make it less. We can't think of it less because God's word is very, very clear that we are to meet, we are to talk to each other, we are to have human connection.